You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network Best of Episode. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7, 7 Studios. Mater, the great Oakwood University. Yes. I know that you were just an alumni. Mm-hmm. So we, well, at some point we'll do a segment about alumni and, and what our alumni and how cultish that is yeah. and how it's different totally. than everybody else's. And we have our own little cliques and everybody comes yep. back and 20 years later and the cool people are still the cool people right. and the pretty girls are still the pretty girls <laughs> and the people who are lames are now doing well in life but it doesn't matter because right. you were whack in college so it's really <laughs> irrelevant. We'll talk about that at a different point in time. But I found out, I was looking at the website, that Daryl Bell, who played Ron Johnson mm-hmm. on A Different World, which is my favorite show. Um, my Actually, my relationship with my girlfriend, in many ways, we bonded in watching A Different World. When I was <laughs> yeah. in college, my roommate and I, A Different World used to come on TBS at 5 in the morning. It came up from 5 to 7 a.m. We would get up and get a huge bowl of cereal and we would just sit and watch a different wow. world early in the morning because it was really getting into to the to the clutch years where Whitley and Dwayne were going through their thing. Right. And we just had Aww. to have it. Like, we had to have it. We would eat cereal, watch a different world, and we'd go to our 8 o'clock class. Right. Like a soap opera. Ron is speaking for Oakwood's commencement ceremony. Now, that leaves a series of other questions because I don't know if having Ron Johnson speak at your graduation ceremony is is optimal. Um, and there are a whole lot of things around that. But I'm not going to get into that side of it because I've been ripping our school on my social media yes, page for, so, for a series, series of poor of decisions things. that they've made within the leadership structure. We're not going to do that. Okay. But I did want to reinstitute, like I said, we're getting back to our roots and the show that this this network is about and what we've been doing and you know shout out to everybody else that's on the team you know my crew the OSS guys uh, 980 in DC Rita B on sports Jonesy uh, Cedric Blue double entendre show really getting back to our roots one of my favorite segments on the show is the top five dead or alive segment now you've never experienced me do a top five dead or alive segment it's basically the Lance J Radio Network power ranking so I'll take any specific topic it could be the best quarterback it could be the best two guard mm-hmm. it could be the best radio show it could be the best TV show I want to do a top five dead or alive on my favorite moments from a different world and when I texted you during the week I said Ray are you a different world fan? You said, of course I'm a, a different <laughs> world fan. How could you not be a different world fan? So I want to cue the music. We're going to do a top five dead or alive, five best moments from a different world. Okay. Number five was the Strangers on a Plane episode. This is the episode where Dwayne Wayne is coming back from Tokyo and him and Whitley are on the exact same plane. And Dwayne was kind of this lame freshman sophomore. <laughs> he shows up on the plane wearing a three-piece suit, and he's all decked out, haircut nice. Whitley, in her rich bouginess, <laughs> sees this, and she's like, oh, this dude has some potential. And they end up right. sitting next together on the plane, uh-huh. and they kind of start catching a little bit of feelings for each other. To me, that's the fifth best moment. What are your thoughts about that? I don't recall that one. Oh, come on. I don't man. recall You're that one. You. But You're killing me. The, bo- the, wit- the bougie Whitley, yes. 
having all day. It's a it's a coming of age episode where basically Dwayne Wayne is becoming a man, not the not the childish flip sunglasses guy mm-hmm. that we remember from his yeah. freshman year. Number four. And one of the reasons I really liked A Different World is because they attacked issues that were relevant to the African-American community and the African community abroad as well. They did a lot of discussion on Mandela and apartheid in South Africa. Really, nobody was touching that at this particular point in time. There's the episode, the Orange Glow episode, and this is where Kim Reese, she got a scholarship, and Kim Reese was uh, in med school or she was aspiring to be a doctor. She didn't really come from money like Whitley and some of the other people there. She was that she was that person that's the equivalent of someone at Oakwood that's just barely clearing, just barely yeah. uh, squeaking through. Right. She had this scholarship from Orange Glow, which was this big conglomerate. However, they had investments in South Africa that supported apartheid. And there's a big picketing and, and boycott and all this stuff. Kim decides not to take the scholarship. Mm. Um, but however, she's still able to procure a scholarship through other means. And I thought that episode was really important. Yeah, you see now people boycotting Starbucks, people boycotting different yeah. entities because they feel um, disenfranchised or disrespected yeah. for someone to actually Turn not take a scholarship? scholarship when you need that right. money to go through school. Yeah. I thought that that was very powerful. That is powerful. Number three, and I hope that you remember this because you're all for two, Ray. You're, I don't know if you're really a, a different world fan. Now we have to talk offline. I got about jet this. lag. I got jet lag. The episode where Dwayne and Ron pledge to Capilandanu, and they go in as uh, pledges, and Ron was really about that pledge life. He was a pledge legacy. He was about that party life, about the women, about the parties, <laughs> about the stepping and, and twirling the cane, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Dwayne Wade wasn't about that. He was a genius, and I'm a genius. I didn't pledge when I was at Oakwood because I didn't need to pledge. I was like, I'm going to be successful whether I pledge or not, mm-hmm. so why should I let somebody take a paddle to my keister just to build relationships that I'm inherently going to build just because I'm me? So I was like Dwayne Wade, but Ron wanted to pledge, and they had beef over the fact that they didn't want to do it together. There's a scene where they part ways. Ron goes to his boys that are singing the Capilanda New song and Mm -hmm. stepping. Dwayne walks up the steps at the pit. And it was kind of like a fork in the road for their relationship. Ron was Mm -hmm. gonna go in one direction, Dwayne was gonna go in the other direction. Now are you are you are you in a sorority, Ray? No. I didn't think that you were. Mm -mm. Uh, Because I like to clown the sororities at times. I've gotten a lot of heat for clowning fraternities I, and sororities. I don't, I am actually interested in pledging some grad chapter right. um, stuff. I, I'm interested in pledging Delta grad chapter, actually. That makes sense. And I had you pegged as more of an AKA. Did you? Like I feel like, I didn't, I didn't. You got a little hood in you, though. Know. Right. Uh, That's you, why you, I just kind of was you'll, like, oh. You'll lay somebody out if it I comes was, down I wasn't sure it. about the AKA. Don't, don't sleep on Ray because <laughs> she's small and beautiful. Like, Ray... Ray will light you up if, <laughs> if you roll up on her in the in the wrong manner. Right. Don't pull up. Number but- two, HIV AIDS was something in the late 80s, early 90s that really nobody wanted to touch. Um, a very serious episode involving Tisha Campbell where she was the new student and Tisha Campbell was, was cute. Uh, she was coming off of her personal off, off screen with a different world, but being in school days and, and really right, building right, her right. brand, House Party. Yeah. Everybody knew who Tisha Campbell right. was. She was the it girl. Mm-hmm. She came in, and people were trying to holler at her at Hillman. And it was discovered, 
Whoopi Goldberg was on this episode and there was an essay that was being written. Tisha Campbell wrote an essay about where will you be in 20 years and Tisha Campbell wrote an essay about how she would be dead mm. because she had contracted HIV mm. and through a sexual relationship with her boyfriend who, who didn't warn her unprotected wow. sex and they dealt with HIV. They dealt with everybody started thinking about their sexual behavior right. and if they were using condoms. Yeah. And Ron, who was who was kind of a person that messed around with everybody, was very, <laughs> very worried about his life because he'd been through so many people. I thought that that was really powerful. That is. That's real To have life. that discussion, especially back in 1991, 1992, before the Magic Johnson era, before we really had people who were, who were well-known that had HIV. Yeah. At, back then, it was a death sentence. Yeah. And now we've known that people with drugs and therapy can can live um, a very a very decent lifestyle yeah. while having that that illness. Right. So that was a really important episode to me. Number one, though, and I'm going to cue the clip for number one. Will you? Best of those who ask you questions, Bubba. Whitley, oh. I love you, and if you'll have me, I want you to be my wife. What the hell are you doing? Hey, I'm sorry, Byron. I love her. Will you have me, Dwayne, as your lawfully wedded husband from this day forth to having a home and richer for poorer? Baby, please, please. I do. (laughs) One of the best moments in history, you can bring the music back. Oh, you don't have to bring the music back. One of the best moments in the history of television to me is when Whitley leaves Byron at the altar Mm -hmm. for Dwayne. Right. Because they had had their relationship. They had been through it. It was true Love that era. He's like, baby, please. <laughs> like, I really thought as a, I think I was 14, 15, I think I was a freshman or a sophomore at Pine Forge Academy when this episode came on. You really thought that they were in love for real. Mm-hmm. Um, they had had so many things. Dwayne had been trying to get at her for like four years. Yes. Dwayne was from Bed-Stuy. He's from the hood. Mm-hmm. He didn't have no money. He didn't have no whip. <laughs> right. He couldn't dress. He wasn't the popular cool kid, but he was smart. He was going to do something with his life where Whitley is the bougie, legacy family, fur coats, red bottom shoes, all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And Dwayne was actually able to pull her through years of work. And Mm -hmm. she left a state senator. She left Olivia Pope's dad. (laughs) To marry Dwayne Wade and go into and, and go into that life. So. I thought that that, that was a, a great rundown. Just curious of your thoughts. You got to be consistent. I mean, consistency always wins the girl in the end. I agree. I mean, totally. I agree. And it worked, it worked for Dwayne Wayne. Uh, and it works for other people. It works for other yeah, people. It yeah, it's, 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 you got A lot of guys don't want to do that. They nope, just want to take the easy road out. They don't want to put that work in, but you got to be consistent. So that's my top five dead or alive on a different world. If you have any questions, hit us up at Lance Day Radio Network on Instagram. We'll be back after these messages with Jerobi from A Tribe Called Quest, NBC Sports Radio. <laughs> This is Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. 
keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. We're about to close. We have the last segment on Lance J Radio Network. I want to appreciate Twyla for coming out. I know you're out here on your birthday and, and kind of doing some family stuff. Um, and just coming by to see me and chop it up for a minute or two. It's Love always you. great doing a show with you, Rampage. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that you had the DJ booth up and actually able to to get to get it mixed. So really, it changes That's the show. Fault. Like it puts us in a in a in another stratosphere. It's funny because Twyla was asking you during the break what she was talking about. Hey, I would like to learn to DJ. <laughs> And I was like, that's pretty funny because, you know, my man Rampage, and I don't want to do the spoiler alert, but I know that you got your tentacles in a lot of things and, and one of the many businesses, you know, so we've talked about the shoe business. Obviously, you have the heat DJs that are, that are crushing it. Um, a, lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know Rampage. Pardon? We ain't crushing it. That's <laughs> my icy, my sauce. Okay, okay. My read is water ice. Okay. Um, not yet. But this new conference call, I can let it out. I was on the one Wednesday. That that thing was dope. I mean, you had. I don't want to put the names. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to name no, drop. Go go. But, but you it's know, the truth. Um, you you had you had JD on there. Jermaine Dupri. You know, legendary, Word. legendary. MC I had a letter and in the building. And he bagged Janet Jackson. Real talk. <laughs> he legendary for that. 100. He legendary for that. Somebody should have said that. You can that. take Chris Cross and all of them <laughs> out. He bagged Janet yeah. Jackson. Like, that's that's done. Yeah. That's a wrap. He was yeah. he was a legend after that. She was on a downfall. You know what I'm saying? Well, hey. I mean, I'm, I'm just, just saying. Playing. I'm just saying. Playing. He I'm was playing. a legend. He was a legend after that. But um, she, she ain't never fall JD off. was his body of work. No, he contributed to the culture. So big up to my boy JD. Definitely big up. Um, Who else just, I had? Um, you had you had you had uh, Jazzy Fizzle. Uh, Jazzy Fizzle. Right. Um, Zaytoven. 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 Excuse me. You had Zaytoven on. Producer. And I had um, a classic on there too. Hurricane. You had DJ Hurricane. That's right. DJ Hurricane. Beastie Boys. Um, Official DJ. And you had just had the last one. I think Drez, I remember Drez was on the call Black before sheet. that. Black Sheep. So you you really are able to get and procure some some talent to, to be on these calls and these showcases. I got exclusive and, for and, you, though. And blasting them out. So, February 19th. Yeah. New conference call. Rod Digger. Nice. Yo-Yo. Nice. The Rock, ladies. So you're going with the ladies. Rockness. You're going with ladies night. Rockness. I like it. Mystical. Mystical. It's going to get dark. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's up, man. It's going it's, it's to get... Well, you know I love Rod Diggy. You know I got <laughs> so, crush on Rod Diggy. So, Yo, he talks about Rod Diggy. Like, See, this, so, is a friend, so. this is a friend that doesn't know, that know actually, you that, that I've been, been friends with Twyla for a long time. He does talk about Rod Diggy. And I've been Rod Diggy forever. So Legit. So... Understand if you ain't on that call, fix your that's right. Face. That's right. The, the heat DJ call is definitely Crazy. popping. I, I predict 3,500 people on the call. Um, I mean, my man, my man TJ Super is always it's, on that call. It's gonna you go know, up. My man Kibble. I mean, there's a lot of good, there's so, just so a lot of great DJs my, across the country my, that are plugged in. My call, 
I got all the record labels, Atlantic, Universal, Def Jam, right. Right. 300. Big up to Kevin Lyles, who didn't make it, but he had Grammy week, so I understood right. that. Um, right. I deal with a lot of VPs, CEOs. I could run a Fortune 500 company. And you run take, them calls like clockwork. It, it don't take a rocket scientist to run a you, Fortune you, you, 500 you can company. Run them, you can run them calls like clockwork. I did. How long I've been doing uh, it? You've been doing it for a while. I remember somebody, so Twyla, somebody was on the call. You know, they have DJ, DJs are on, and, you know, people, artists. Somebody, sometimes Bloggers. it's artists. Sometimes it's someone presenting their artists. Yeah. And they'll play, you know, a snippet of the music. That's what's up. So an artist came on and played something that one of the Saint people Tobin. on the call really didn't love. Oh. And somebody got out of pocket with the disrespect. So, you know, sometimes if it's hot, people are like, yo, that's hot. Send me that record. I'm going to play it on my station, you know, Power 105, whatever. Some people be like, ah, you know, it's all right. You know, it's just whatever. You just keep it pushing. Somebody got real out of pocket with it on the last call on Wednesday and Rampage shut the whole thing down like immediately. Like, it was, he was just like, yo, we're not going to disrespect the culture like that. True. And kept it pushing. Um, so True. he really he really takes control of that. But back to what started, Rampage is, and I'm I'm telling his business, but it's such, a, it's such a good idea. He's really, really getting into building a curriculum for individuals that ultimately want to DJ. That is so And when he told me that, dope. it was like, Man, nobody's really doing that. And I mean, you're a platinum artist, someone that's toured, somebody that's been in the booth with Big. I see Somebody's been in the booth with LL. Somebody's been in the booth with, with, with Busta, obviously. Always. And at DJs, and at DJs around the country and around the world. But it's, it's not just DJs. So no, let, me, let, me, let me correct that. We come in the game, everybody wants to do some type of thing in entertainment. So. I'm going to start from junior high school and up, where they can join my MBU university. And I was here just to be a messenger. I'm a messenger. I connect people. I connect the dots. I'm tired of people saying, how can I get in the, in the music business? So my call is to connect people that would never speak to a Jermaine Dupri or Busta Rhymes ever. Right. I connect that. Right. But I charge for that, too, because, Absolutely. again, it's time is service. money. Expertise so, so, But it's not just about the money. It's about when you walk up, when you, when you leave the call, it answers some of your questions on how to get in the music people business. People don't know how right. to do business. People don't read those fine details. Right. People miss things. Yo, I could do that because he did that. You can't do it because Kobe did it. Right. He put in some work. You want to you wanna take the shortcuts. A lot of people like to take shortcuts in life, and this is why their life is short. Mm. Mm. That's a good word. Right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> right. I want to I wanna be able to contribute to the culture, but I we can't change the culture unless we do it ourselves. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of doing it myself. You are listening to the Lions J Radio Network.
As a former quality executive who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts, I've worked with our new partners over at Episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team. Episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval, coding, quality analytics, and in-home assessments. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network Best of Episode. So we cut to Cleveland, the three to one odds on favorite, Myron in Cleveland, pastor of Grace Community Seventh day Adventist Church. You are on the Paragon Cup, Myron. What you got? Hey, Pastor. What's up, y'all? Glad to be on the Paragon. Uh, first wanna address Alan. Alan uh somewhat questioned my commitment to Cleveland. And I first want to say that I'm all in. I'm all in Cleveland. Those of you who remember me from last year, the reason why I'm the three-to-one favorite is because I personally willed the Cleveland Cavaliers to victory last year. While there were Cleveland Cavalier fans, uh, I'm talking about not transplants, but I'm talking about indigenous people like Alan Bozeman, who you couldn't even find them when they were down three-to-one, who was out there on Facebook Live who was out there saying that all we need to do is just get one win, who was out there rallying the troops, encouraging the saints, and literally at the end of all of this, people believe that I am a prophet. I will neither confirm nor deny. Next, I want to address Jeremy Winston. Jeremy Winston is the most irrelevant sports fan on the planet. He's as irrelevant as British Knights on Carl Malone. He is, in fact, the worst fan that I've ever seen in my life because he's a Philly fan the same Philly fan that booed when Michael Irvin um, suffered a neck injury right there in Veterans Stadium. This is the kind of fan that we're talking about here. Philly fan is the worst fan on the planet. They really have nothing to hang their hats on as of late. All their teams suck and they're god-awful. And not to mention, I do have to piggyback on Al Bozeman's take on him. How can we take seriously a man who for a living sings? I mean, no, he's not a rock singer. He's not a pop singer. He's a choir singer. We have to totally dismiss everything that comes out of his mouth. He's not an athlete. He never was an athlete. And he absolutely, absolutely has no credibility when it comes to sports. And if you'll notice, I'm going to be posting in a few weeks. I'm going to be posting in a few, not even a few weeks. I'm going to be posting in a few days how this sports aficionado, so he claims he is, said that the Cleveland Cavaliers would not win the finals. But game by game, and you know what my line was. What was my line, everybody? Just get one win. (laughs) Just get one win. (laughs) And this leads me to the final, to my final, my final take that I want to address Carlin Alford. Carlin Alford is the poster boy for the Michael Jordan fan. And I want you to know I hate Michael Jordan, and I especially hate Michael Jordan fans. Now, to give you a little bit of background, I respect Michael Jordan. I was always a Dominique Wilkins fan. I was always an Isaiah Thomas fan. So I kind of was disappointed when Michael Jordan was given the slam dunk championship when I felt like Dominique literally won that that year. So ever since then, I've sort of been an underdog supporting Dominique, which I've just, just grown to loathe Michael Jordan. But one of the reasons why I loathe Michael Jordan is because I loathe his delusional fans, fans like Carl and Alfred. These are the guys that have total amnesia when they look at the career of Michael Jordan. They almost make it seem like he was totally flawless, like he never made mistakes, like he always scored 35, 6, and 7 every single game. But that's not the truth at all. 
And here's one of the reasons why I want to stake my claim that if LeBron James wins the championship this year, LeBron James must declare the greatest basketball player of all time. And now I'm going to tell you why LeBron James, Carlin Alford will win the finals. And I'm, I'm going out, I'm going out on a limb now. Here it is. Here it is. The Cavs will win the finals this year in six games. Book that, write it down, save that file, save this sound bite. It's coming back. I'm going to post it on Facebook. The Cavs will win in six. And here's why the Cavs will win. Will the Cavs win because the Cavs are a better team? No. Will the Cavs win because the Cavs have better shooters? No. Will the Cavs win because uh, of X's and O's? Absolutely not. Well, are the Cavs the favorite? They are not. I've watched ESPN all day long. Everyone's saying the Cavs are going to lose in six or five. But I'm going to tell you exactly right now why the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to win. And I just got another inspiration today. Just recently, you might have seen breaking news on SportsCenter. Someone took, uh, someone took the racial liberty painting LeBron James's Los Angeles Holmes Gate with the epitaph, the N-word. We know what that N-word is. LeBron James, once again, and I know this is a bigger race issue in our country, but I'm going to leverage this issue to tell you why we're going to win six. Once again, you have given the Cleveland Cavaliers even more of an impetus and more motivation than last year. Last year, the reason why the Cleveland Cavaliers won Carlin Alfred, you, you bum of a, of a Michael Jordan worshiper, is because the Cleveland Cavaliers had something that the Golden State Warriors didn't have. The Cleveland Cavaliers had a why. We had a why. We had a reason to win outside of simply just this team. We had a whole freaking city on our back. And if you didn't that little fire under us last year with the Believe Land video, with all the hate, the drive, the fumble, and the shot, how about almost looks like a modern-day Martin Luther King. <laughs> Did you see LeBron take all the civil rights struggle with this racial slur that was posted on his house? So now he's not even a greater lie. What is Cleveland playing for this year? No, we're not just playing for Cleveland. Now we're playing for all of black America. <laughs> Here, brothers and sisters, the Cleveland Cavaliers have a why that is greater than sports itself. Go Cavs, it's six. Go Cavs. searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution. And we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the, the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, 
we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. Never been to Connecticut. Connecticut, Jersey, you're definitely from Uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shout it out, Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.